Amen. Thank you both so much. And it'd be good that we serve a God that looks beyond our fault and sees our need. Amen. I tell you, um, Lisa and I ran into a little, well, ran into, that's kind of a weird say, way to put it, but uh, we uh, ran into a little need the other night and uh, sent an email out. Most of you have, or some of you have come to me and, and uh, talked to me about it, but we were, for July 4th, we went down to Walterboro to kind of uh, visit with family and do a little mattress surfing. If you've never mattress surfed, I'll tell you about that one day. <clears throat> Kids, I tell you, to be that young again and to be able to get by with some of the stuff they get by with. But anyway, on our way back, um, we get about nine, ten miles out of town, headed toward Bell's Crossroads, Joe, headed that way. And, and uh, pitch dark, I mean, these are old rural roads. I mean, there's nothing to see but trees and, of course, deer. And um, we're doing a little more than the speed limit heading down the road and meeting one of these larger King Ranch Ford pickup trucks, okay? Well, his lights are coming to me, so I'm focusing on the lights. I don't want to drift over, so I get probably from here to the doors right here, and then I see it. And he, he's standing broadside in the road, just as pretty as you please. You can go sit in the deer stand all day and never see nothing. But you get on those back high, highways and you see them everywhere. But we did our best to stop. Uh, couldn't do it and, uh, and, and smacked him pretty good. And, and uh, fortunately, it was not nearly as bad as it could have been. God was with us. And, uh, and he saw our need that, uh, that night last Thursday night and uh, protected us. And uh, protected the Jeep as well. That's a tough old girl, I'm gonna tell you. It uh, could have done a lot more damage than it did, but, uh, but it, it held, held in there. We were able to drive it home. Well, I looked under there, nothing was leaking and, and uh, checked the steering and nothing was damaged, so we were able to get it home. So now we start the process with the insurance and the adjuster and all, so pray for us as we go through that stuff. But anyway, uh, just wanted to kind of fill you in on that. Some of you were asking me this morning, so that's the story. And uh, some of you came to me and said, you know, Lisa did it, but she, she didn't do it. It was, it was uh... Did you eat the deer? No, no. Now get this, and this is funny, I suppose. Lisa said, oh, we need to go back and turn around and check on that deer. I said, oh, no, we don't. <laughs> I said, oh, no, we don't. Is, is uh, mad as, uh, you ever being hurt as uh, mad as a wet setting hen? Well, that was me that night. And, uh. My first line of thought was, is I hope that deer's bleeding a slow death. <laughs> so. But God convicted me, and I hope it was a quick death. <laughs> but anyway, that's the story of Bambi, and I'm sticking to it. And I tell you, can you believe it's already the first Sunday of July? Man, this, month, this, this year is just flying for me. And I, I just can't believe, and if you turn to the Hallmark Channel, you can watch Christmas movies all month long. And yeah, so yeah, Christmas in July. We, I, I watched one the other night, I, I did, I enjoy those. And um, I can tell you how they all go. Boy meets girl, fall in love, then they hit a little snag, break up, then at the end of the movie they get back together. So no need to watch a thing, I just told you how to go. So, every Hallmark movie ever made, so. But time flies when you're having fun. But thanks again, Brother Darrell, for giving me the opportunity once again to be back in the pulpit, being able to 
to open God's word with y'all again. And um, it's, it's just an honor for me. God, God is blessing us more than we could ever count, more than we could ever measure. Um, it's just such a, an honor, and I'm so glad to be a part of Cornerstone in the ministry here. You know, I, I still say that we're on the brink of seeing a huge movement of God right here. And I think that that is not far off. So let's make sure that we as a church body, we're prepared for this movement whenever God sees fit to do that. And we can do that by exercising what we've been talking about over the past few months. We've been talking about going to war with Satan. And how do we go to war with him? We go through prayer. Because this means war. And this morning we're going to finish up this short series on prayer entitled This Means War. This is installment number three, I guess you'd say. And I've just been so, so enjoyed just being able to preach on this passage. And I, I pray that over these few messages that it's made some sort of impact on your life as, as we've been studying it together. Um, there's a lot of information here in these verses, and we've dug in a little bit, dug a little deeper, but let me encourage you to dig a little deeper and just allow God to speak to you further uh, during your personal prayer time. So let's pray this morning that, that God will reveal to us something fresh, something new, and give us an excitement and desire to share what it is that he wants us to learn. Let's pray together. Father, once again today, uh, we're just so grateful to be back in your house, to be able to share for just a few minutes and, and talk about a wonderful passage in the Bible that we know that you've put there for us to remind us uh, what we need to be doing as far as our prayer life goes. So, Father, as we continue through this today and, and finish up this section, we just pray that you will lead it, that you will guide it, and that you will show us what it is that we need to see during this. We thank you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn with me once again, if you would, First uh, Timothy chapter um, 2, and let's look again. We're going to read the first seven verses. If you got it already, say, I got it. All right. Here we go. First Timothy. I don't have it. I got it marked. Come on now. I need to use a little bigger piece of paper. All right, 1 Timothy chapter 2, it says this, read along with me. It says, Therefore, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved, and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all, to be testified in due time, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am speaking the truth in Christ and not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and in truth. Since it's been a few weeks since we have looked at this, and we did this last time as well, but since it's been a few weeks, it's actually been a week longer. We had five Sundays in June. So let's just kind of review a little bit about what we've been talking about the last couple of times through this that I've been speaking on this, these verses. And we're going to lead ourselves all the way back up to verse 5. Verse 1 in this passage says this, and you remember we, we focused on this earlier. It says, first of all, this is reminding us that 
any decision that we make as a church. Now, we, you think about all the decisions that we make as a church body. Everything that we do here. I mean, there's decision after decision. after. We have to make a decision on turning the lights on. We make a decision on setting the thermostats. We, we make decisions on financial things. We, we just made a decision to, to spend 80 some odd thousand dollars on paving a parking lot. And praise the Lord, he's put all of that in our path to be able to do. But we meet that head on with first of all what? Prayer. That's what we do. As before anything else, first of all means just what it says, first of all. It reminds us that prayer should never ever be an afterthought. It shouldn't be a sideline safety net. Prayer is communication with God and we should seek God according to this scripture, say it with me, first of all. In all things, every time, first of all. Now we've discovered here that Satan knows that prayer is our first line of defense. We talked about that. Our first line of defense is prayer. And that first line of defense is against him in the daily battle of spiritual warfare. So what does he do about it? He tries to throw distractions. He tries to throw deceit. He tries to throw anything in our path that he can to get us off track from praying. So say this again with me. Satan does everything he can to limit us from praying. Why? Because he knows our prayers limit him. Now say that with me one more time. Let's say it again because I want you to get this. Satan does everything he can to limit us from praying because he knows our prayers limit him. So verse 1 goes on to tell us that we should pray in several different ways. Remember, we talked about these things, several different ways. We should pray prayers of supplication or, or pray for our own personal needs. We talked about it. We should pray prayers of intercession. Uh, as we did earlier today, I still am so thrilled that Cornerstone takes time in their service every Sunday to pray for the needs of others, to intercede on behalf of those who may not be able to pray for themselves. And we should also give thanks to the Lord and all that he's doing in our life. We've discovered, too, that by praying fervently and intentionally, God will move in accordance to his will. That's all in the first verse. Now, verse 2 goes on to tell us that we should pray for those who are in authority. It was a wonderful testimony for our church even just a few weeks ago as Franklin Graham had, had kind of thrown the gauntlet down and said, hey churches, we need to get together on this certain day at this certain time and pray for our leaders. And we did that. We prayed for President Trump specifically and some other leaders too. I hope that you're still praying for him daily as well as our local and our state leaders. These folks, listen, they need our prayers. You just can't fathom the amount of pressure that these folks are under and what they have to deal with continually. They need intervention of God's movement in their lives. Verses 3 and 4 tell us that it's good to pray and it pleases God when we obey his command to pray. The scriptures tell us throughout that God wants to hear from us and commune with us. God wants and he expects an open line of communication with all of us through prayer. You see, prayer strengthens our relationship with him. And let's take the time to be intentional about praying. God hears, God answers your prayers. So this morning, let's 
continue on with this with verses 5 to 7. So let's read 5 through 7 again together. And it says this, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am speaking the truth in Christ and not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and in truth. And I'll tell you something that, that really troubles me. when Not the scripture, but how, how Christians and others respond to the scripture. You see, it's sad, but some even believers don't really realize that prayer is, is based on something. Prayer is based on the finished work of Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross that day. That's what prayer is and should be based on. His work on the cross made him our savior and our one true mediator. Everybody say mediator. Mediator. We can only reach God. Listen. We can only reach God through Jesus Christ. That's the only way. His work on the cross made that possible. He and he alone made it possible for us to achieve heaven. As we said many times before, Jesus was all God. He was all man at the same time. And by this, he is the perfect mediator between the holy God and all of us, his broken and failing children. Friends, we have to come to the Father through Jesus Christ. Listen, there's no other way. We can't reach God through Buddha. We can't reach God through Muhammad. We can't reach God through Joseph Smith. We can't reach God by shaving our heads, handing out flowers at the airport, whoever those people are. All of those attempts to reach God are futile. These people are dead. My mediator, Jesus Christ, is alive and well, and he is the only way to reach God the Father, and through him and him alone will we ever get through the gates of heaven. You see, Jesus lived a perfect and sinless life. He was tempted. He was insulted. He was spat upon. Yet he maintained his perfection. Well, since you and I can't be perfect in any way, no need to even try. We can't do that. We can't live a perfect life in any way such as he did. So God created a way for us to live eternally with him. And that way and the only way is Jesus Christ. Romans 3.23 says this. It says, all of us have sinned and we fall short of the glory of God. That verse alone is, is is just a really downing type verse. We've all sinned and we fall short. But the Bible tells us how to get out of that. Look at John 14, 6. It says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, folks, this leaves no question. Jesus Christ is the only mediator, just as our scripture says. He's the only mediator between us and God the Father. We must know him not only with head knowledge, but we we have to know him with heart knowledge. We can't know just who he is and about him. We need to know who he is and about him. You see the difference? 
There's a huge difference there. We have so many people that say, Christian, that's me, and they know who he is here, but they have no clue who he is here. They have never accepted him as Savior and said, Jesus, I need you in my life. I want you in my life. Save me from this sin that I live in. Take me, cleanse me, make me whole. They've not done that. They know who he is. They've heard the Bible stories. They know him as well as we do. But they don't know who he is. We must know him in our hearts. Jesus is the only perfect person to ever live. And that's because he is God. He came to earth to show us who he is. And he died on a cross and rose miraculously from the dead to save us from our sin. When you pray, do it this way. Pray in Jesus' name. He is your forever mediator. You see, we can get to God through Jesus. This is why we should pray so diligently for the lost people of our community. They're lost and they're dying. They don't have any idea. They're dying without knowing Jesus. And it breaks my heart to think of all of those folks who don't know him. They're living in darkness, no hope. They're living a life of sin and aren't concerned in the least about the bondage that sin causes Folks, there's people right now, right here in Aiken, South Carolina, that could be addicted to drugs. Their neighbors are yours. They could be addicted to alcohol. Their family members that could be addicted to pornography. They're tied up and in heavy bondage in this sin and distraction that comes safe, uh, straight from Satan. They're just wandering aimlessly, looking for direction. Right now, they're finding their answer to life's questions in a bottle. They're finding life's answers to questions with a needle. They're finding their answer to life's questions through the internet. Folks, they need to understand that there is a better way. They need to understand that there is only one way. And they need to understand that Jesus Christ can and will deliver them from all of these addictions and distractions if they will just trust him as their Savior. They need to understand what verse 6 says here. Jesus has already paid the ransom. Everybody say ransom. The sin that they're committing today, listen, that sin's already been paid for. They can be set free. Their release has been paid for. They can be free and free indeed if they will just give their lives to Jesus. So you may be thinking this, you may be saying, so Pastor Steve, I know this is a problem. I know the people you're talking about. I can name somebody right now, maybe more than one. Folks, this is where we come in. This is what we do. We know that all of these folks need who? They need Jesus. They need Jesus in their lives. We must pray for them intentionally. Everybody say intentionally. We must pray for them fervently. Everybody say fervently. We must ask God to help us to set the godly example that we should be the witness that he created us to be. Pray that God will create opportunities for them to be in your path and that you will have the opportunity to say or to do something that will just point them straight to Jesus. God tells us this, and I like this. We put forth the effort. We let him handle the results. And if we will do that, it will amaze you what he can do. But are we willing to put forth 
the effort? Are we willing to take that time as we need it day after day and say, God, I know you've called me to be a witness for you. I know what it is that you want me to do, but I don't know how to find the opportunity. So, Lord, do this for me. Put somebody in my path. Make it plain to me that I can see. Open my eyes so that I can see somebody that needs you. And for goodness sake, Lord, give me the desire to want to give it to them. That's the kind of prayers that I think we should be praying every day. Not just once in a while. Not just because, well, yeah, I think I'll pray that today. Make it a part of your prayer time. Got to have a prayer time first. If you don't have one of those, create some time. Create some time. We still, on Mondays, we meet here at 1 o'clock. You're invited. Come. We'd love to have you on Mondays come and pray with us. That'd be great. I try to find my time in the mornings. That's the best time for me to set that up. If I wait till later in the day or, or late in the evening, then thing, the wheels start turning. Things start happening. You know how it goes. And then you just never get your round to it. So create that time. For me, it works in the mornings. Verse 7. Paul tells us that he was appointed a preacher and an apostle. Now, you know, I enjoy reading and learning about Paul. And, you know, he's a very well-known character in the Bible. If you want to do a character study on somebody, do it on him. Just amazing where he came from to where he ended up. Man hated Christians. Ended up being greatest missionary probably of all time. But listen, after his conversion, it was his sole purpose in life to see men and women and children come to know Jesus as their Savior. This became his number one priority. And as we know, that's what's not always the case for him. He made it known that he felt as if he were the worst sinner to have ever lived. Paul's life changed 180 degrees and he became a true missionary for Jesus Christ. His number one priority of seeing people saved should also be our number one priority. What makes us any different from him? Maybe we didn't have to come as far as he did. But we all sin. We all live in it. But we say we're saved. We say we've been converted. We say that we're a child of God. Let's act like it. Let's be who it is that he's called us to be. Let's put forth that effort. Let him handle the results. As Christians, folks, we should have a burning desire for our friends and our neighbors to have what it is that we have. What a testimony we can have for our friends and neighbors. Let's share it. Again, the basis of prayer is the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Then folks, prayer should be the most important activity that we have in the church. Remember, first of all, we pray. Amen? Amen. You see, this is hard. Listen. Not to pray is slighting Jesus' work on the cross. You understand? Jesus died for all men, so to not pray for all men is slighting the cross. Folks, if we're ignoring the lost people in our world, let's face it, we're ignoring the cross. It is God's will that all be saved, so let's pray for all of them and watch God move. Man, I just think about what it is that God can do. 
I just think about all of us in this room who are, who are vessels. We're, we're ready to be poured into so that God can just take us and turn us over on somebody and just, and just put Jesus all over. What an opportunity we have if we will just take it and just take it and run with it. And just, because we know that this is what God's commanded us to do. Right here at Cornerstone Baptist Church, you talk about revival. My goodness, what a revival could start right here with just these folks in this room. I would so love to see that. So I'm challenging you this morning to pray for that. Pray for that fervently. Pray for that intentionally. And let's make sure, folks, that we're doing everything we can to turn Jesus on this community. That's our responsibility. Let's make sure that we're handing them Jesus. I, just, I get excited. I, I get, I just get so, I just, I just know that God could do more than I ever could imagine he could do. And I just know that the folks in this room, everybody that has an ability to pray, if we will just take the time to do that and just pray for God's fervent will in the lives of our friends and in the lives of our neighbors, the lives, lives of our communities, the lives of the state of South Carolina, the, the nation, the world. It, it, just, it just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. There's so much that we can do through prayer and then let God handle the results. Perhaps you're here this morning and maybe God has laid someone on your heart to pray for. I think we all have somebody that we probably know that is lost. I think we probably all know someone who is in need of some sort of intercessory prayer. Maybe they have an illness or maybe, maybe you yourself have an illness that you'd like to pray for. I would encourage you today, uh, before you leave here, to let's pray for that together. When God's people get together and pray, two or three are gathered, God is in the midst. And we know that. So I encourage you today to just try God. The old hymns say, trust me, try me, prove me, and God will. He loves us with a love that just can't be matched by any type of love that we could even ever imagine. Just think about his love for me. It just amazes me. just amazes me what he's done in my life and how he loves me and how he takes care of me. And uh, just looking forward to seeing what he has to, to continue to use us here. Perhaps this morning, you're that lost person that we've been speaking about this morning. Maybe you're living in the darkness, but want to be in the light. You come this morning and let us share with, with Jesus with you today. Folks, I, I tell you, it's, it's just amazing what God can do. It really is. I can't begin to tell you what I have seen, what I've witnessed myself, and how he's used me. In so many different ways, and a lot of times, for me, I didn't really even realize he was using me until after the fact. So sometimes you may not recognize what it is that God's given you at the time that he's given it to you. But be ready. Make sure you're willing 
and he will use you in such a way. I'm going to offer you an invitation this morning to come forward. Uh, Pastor Darrell, if you would come ahead and, uh, and just stand down here if you'd like to. And um, just offer you this this morning. I, I always want to open the altar for you if you'd like to come. And I'll let God speak to you this morning. And let him just show you what it is that he wants to do in your life. Let's stand together and let's sing. study for you guys. It's, uh, it's by Greg Laurie. Uh, it's called Tell Someone. And um, this is a, a great, great Bible study that we're going to enjoy doing. It's going to be uh, six or seven weeks in length as far as uh, chapters go. And uh, of course, we're doing this every other Sunday night, so it'll stretch out a couple of months to get it done. So let me invite you to do that. We're going to start over at my place tonight at six and uh, have a prayer time to support this tonight and uh, give you an opportunity to order a book if you'd like one, and then we'll really get started on it in a couple of weeks. But uh, come tonight so that we can pray about it, that God will uh, lead us in the way that he'd have us go. Amen. Thank you so much. 